I appreciate the faithfulness of the church here for supporting us through the years and uh, enjoyed this service here, the, you people, the friendliness, it's a real blessing, and a good Sunday school teaching, good preaching this morning, appreciate it much, good singing, and uh, like that, we we uh, been in Germany, we've ministered in a lot of Western Germany, Western Europe, but also several other places. We tried to be an encouragement to missionaries wherever we went because uh, they said, especially in Eastern Europe, we were over in Romania and also in Ukraine several times, and uh, Czech Republic, also uh, over there in Poland, different areas. That we are, I really enjoyed doing that, but a lot of times the missionaries... It hadn't been open that long, and so it was missionaries without a lot of experience. And when a missionary, young family goes to the foreign field and doesn't take over some work but start from scratch, uh, you know, they're young people. They got, they have problems. They make mistakes. Maybe there's somebody here doesn't make mistakes, but most of us do. And uh, and so you come and talk to them and you help them and. We were adoptive grandparents and different things, did a lot of um, counseling and ministry. And we saw God work some um, real, lots of miracles in Germany that God could use us in spite of our own weaknesses and such. We appreciate that. And a lot of times uh, we went through some physical things, especially about 10 years ago. I went through a lot of things, hospitals, and um, and saw quite a bit of problems over there in that way, and, and God carried us through it, and God used also even the uh, hospital stays. I called them my missions trips, and uh, uh, I think that's a good way to look at things. God brings us through things and wants us to be the testimony for Him wherever we go, and so uh, things that may be not very pleasant. It wasn't pleasant 10 years ago when I was in the hospitals for uh, three and a half months, different things like that. But I tell you, we we do see people's lives touch it, and some saved. And so we thank God for that. We've got, you know, looking at our lives, not just from what's happening to you, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant, but to realize God is working all things together. Yeah. And God wants us to be a testimony. And actually, the harder the problems, the greater the testimony that can be that you are able to have peace and joy. When we went through our construction there, about 2000, when we bought the building and worked it, and all the difficulties involved in that, and there were many, but God worked so many miracles back then. And actually in that, he used Marian Baptists a lot to be a blessing to us, different things. Uh, it's, it's great to see what God can use if we just take with our lives and see it See our lives in God's aspect, in God's economy, and how he wants to use us in those. Uh, tonight I have a, my topic for my sermon is a very basic question, and that is, do you believe in missions? Do you believe in missions? Uh, I'm in Philippians chapter 4, and if, when you find that, if you can, to stand, if you can't, that's okay too. Philippians 4, I call Philippians 4 one of the great missionary chapters of the Bible. Philippians 4, 
And I'm going to start by just reading two verses, verses 9 and 10. And here's Paul writing from a, a, a prison and writing to a church that God used him to start. And so we read, beginning here in verse 9. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the opportunities we have to give you glory, to honor you. Lord, to be involved in, the, in your cause here in the states and around the world. God, we thank you that you want to save us, that you died for us, that we could be saved. And Lord, that we can lift you up and glorify you. Help us to look each day of our life in the light of what you're wanting to do through us that day. And I thank you for this church, for their support of missions through the years, for their heart for you. And God, help us to never lose that missionary heart that you had when you died for all this world. We thank you for your moving in our midst today. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, you know, talking about my my wonderful sharp wife. Well, if anybody knows what a wonderful sharp wife she is, I I do. Amen. And she a lot of times I'll say she's my better three fourths. And sometimes on in different ministries where we go into, I'm I'm Sandy's husband. And so I guess that's this following through on that. <laughs> but but I feel uh, privileged to be able to do the ministry and that we work together. Amen. Now, do you believe in missions? You know, human beings by nature, we're not missionary. I mean, we're not, we're, you know, when a baby comes on earth, they're, they're very self-centered. And basically, this self-centeredness is a part of us, our flesh. You know, we take care of ourselves, God take care of number one, different things that are said and done, and they come around here, and so uh, we have to do the battle with the, the world, the flesh, and the devil, our lifelong, and, and it's not a normal thing. We, we are concerned about ourselves, and so missions is, is something uh, that helps show the world a difference in a church, uh, because when the people seeing these missionaries that you support. Uh, you say, well, man, don't we have enough problems and expenses here in America? And yet you're concerned about souls over here and over there. And you're praying for them and you're giving for them. And that's not normal. That's not normal. That's a testimony. Uh, and, and by the way, it's an important part of a church. Years ago, I heard... Uh, a very man, very important in missions. And he said that missions is the right arm of the church. Well, I don't believe it's the right arm. It's the heart of a church. You see, it starts with the heart, the heart of God, that he created human beings that he created and he sent sons to die, his son, to die for us. He's the greatest missionary. And so uh, that's what we're talking about in missions. And... Uh, Christ accepted makes us saved. 
makes us his children. Christ obeyed makes us missionaries. And see, that goes into a lot of different aspects of our lives. Uh, it, you talk about, well, I, I'm not a missionary. Uh, I don't, well, you may not be a preacher. You may not be used of going to some other country. But I tell you what, our lives touch so many people. Uh, I know a missionary, a uh, man who was a very good mission, used in missions around the world, here in America a lot too. And as he got old and he got sick, he was really bedfast. And he and his wife were concerned about the fact that, well, what are we supposed to do? We can't go out on visitation. They couldn't go out. They were, he was bedfast. And so they realized that God was bringing people in that took care of their uh, medical needs. And they began praying about this. And they started witnessing. And in the last year of his life, they were able to lead 16 people to Christ Amen. from the, just the medical help coming to them. And see, some of our problems, difficulties, even like medical and things like that, those are opportunities for this. And, and you reach contact, whether it's going to the filling station, going to the grocery store. We need to think about it. You, uh, you, I think of the, I preached, got one message of blind Bartimaeus. Here's a blind man. A beggar out there, neglected by the people, and he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord stood still for him. But I tell you what, others said, don't bother him, be quiet. They didn't want to have to be bothered with this blind man. They didn't want to be bothered, but I tell you what, Jesus Christ stood still for him. And there's people, blind Bartimaeus is in this town today. And when we go around, people that are needing someone to stop and pay attention to them. And have a heart of compassion for them. That's the heart of Christ. This is that. And by the way, faith promise is such a thing. Giving involved in mission uh, is so important in our lives, in the life of a, a church. I know that Hillcrest Baptist Church, which was our sending church for many years, all the time that you supported them, we were, it was Hillcrest Baptist Church, El Paso, Texas. And... Uh, that church was a military church in a military base, Fort Bliss. They should have been called Fort Blister, not Bliss, Fort Bliss, because it's hot out there. But anyway, a, uh, Fort, Fort Bliss, and they had a lot of the people that they reached were military. And they'd come in, and he said that they'd have a, a company moved out, and they'd lose half of their workers, half of the congregation, and the church was up and down, up and down, he said, until they got a heart for the world missions and giving for the cause of Christ, they said, that is what really stabilized Hillcrest Baptist Church. And today they have a multi, multi-million dollar land there and properties and everything uh, running. I know it's around 800 or so in, in church. And uh, because they're still investing in missions around the world, but it's particularly in Germany, I think they have five or six missionaries to Germany now that they support, that they sponsor, not just support, but sponsor. But that, that's something, it's a heart of it. And this is a heart in life. Now, when Paul writes this in verse 9, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. Now that is a picture. If you did that, Paul, that half a verse, you'd be a missionary. 
Because everywhere Paul went, it didn't make a difference if he was in prison. Wherever he was, he had a heart for others. And uh, that's a good cause for us being missionary. And then verse B, the last part of that verse, it says, well, let's read the whole verse. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Now, Jesus Christ said in Matthew 28, beginning in verse 18, he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Jesus Christ sent them out. He had a purpose, and he goes with us. Praise God when uh, we go out on visitation. Uh, I still go on visitation wherever I am. I like to go out visiting with the pastor wherever I'm, I'm visiting. But in, also in, in Oklahoma City, I go out visiting. They have Saturday visitation. And other times we can go out, and I love to go out there. And uh, in fact, uh, just last month I was out with another, and the other man was actually a missionary to Argentina, and a very godly man. And uh, we went out visiting, and we were, had several visits, new move-ins that we were going to visit there in Oklahoma City. And he had one one visit that he wanted to follow up on, somebody that he had visited before and he was concerned about this lady and so I got this card so we got the card out we went to that house but the house that we went to was the wrong address and it was a different same sound like the same uh, t- street but it wasn't it was another one and so we went to this wrong address well we just got, they just got to lead him to the Lord you know we went to the wrong address But I'll tell you what, you can't take the gospel to the wrong address. Everybody, everybody needs the Lord. And if they're already saved, they need some encouragement, need some help. But it's a privilege to go out and be a witness for Jesus Christ. In in John 20, 21, Jesus then said, Jesus unto them, peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. The God of peace is with us. Praise God, he's one that we can bring the blessings of God, the peace of God to people around them because that, that peace was purchased with the blood of our Lord and Savior. But verse 10 goes on here in Philippians 4. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last year care of me hath flourished again, wherein you are also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Now here we're, is a church that God literally used Paul to reach for the gospel. And there were many saved under his ministry there. And when he went out and, and started work, they were ones that also supported his ministry. And we're going to talk about this in this chapter. Because he Philippian church had a great desire to help Paul, but they had lacked opportunity. Today, we have many more opportunities, easier opportunities... Yeah. Than back then, they had to send it with somebody, or it was a lot of expense and trouble to get things to people. Today we have great opportunities, praise God. But the thing is, do we have that desire in our hearts to be used of God? It's obvious in the missionaries you do 
it's good. But I tell you what, the room for improvement is probably the biggest room in the world. There's room, you know, to go forward. We've got short time, I believe. And as pastor talking, it may be 100 years before the Lord comes back. We don't know for sure. But I tell you what, I'm ready. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the upper taker. Because I, I tell you what, uh, one of us may die first, Sandy, right? Who knows what's going to happen? But I tell you what, I'm looking forward to the rapture. Jesus Christ bringing us back home to glory. And so we have great opportunities and we have a great responsibility. The command of Christ to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature was given five times shortly before he went ascended back up to heaven. And each time it was given to his apostles, to that first church. And that commission, that responsibility has passed down to all his true Baptist churches that we have today. That's something and we have a responsibility. And I tell you, we better not just shrink it and say, well, let somebody else do it. We need to do our part. You know, uh, how many souls were saved through Paul's service? And how many churches were established through him? And as he said here, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Uh, are we careful about this in our lives? Do we really care about the souls being saved? Uh, I think it's so good that your pastor visited down in Panama, and it's good for to, to visit and to see firsthand the cause of Christ. I'll tell you one thing that's important about that, and that is in Germany, those families, those older people, those young people, those children are just as precious in God's sight as your children are, as your brothers, as your sisters, as your parents. And they have every bit of right, much right to receive the gospel, to hear of Christ's salvation as I, we do. We need to realize that they're very precious people that we're dealing with. And then we go on here with verse 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Now he's not talking about whether that's Texas or Oklahoma here, what state. That's talking about in any condition that he's in, any circumstance. He has learned to be content with what God gives him. And I tell you, that's something that we need to learn today. Uh, according, compared to most of the world, we are very rich people here in America. And uh, we could do with a lot less than what we have. And there's people waiting for the gospel today. And we need to have a heart for that. And uh, be used of God to reach out to them. Uh, we need to learn to be content. In verse 12, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to uh, abound and to suffer need. Whatever the circumstances are, God takes care of our needs. We have a God that cares for us in amazing ways, miraculous ways. We, uh, I think we've all seen times and we wonder, how in the world is this going to work? I know in Germany there were hard times uh, not so hard at times, but raising a family, three kids in Germany, uh, there were difficulties. The value of the dollar went up, the went, dollar went down. And uh, right now in Germany, they're paying over $10 a gallon for gas right now. It's gone up 
doubled almost in the last several months. And uh, they're just going skyrocket. Some of your missionaries on the fields are having real needs. And uh, you need to be uh, cognizant of this problem and the difficulties. Uh, You know, this world seeks to get us to where we want more. Not satisfied with what you have. You can get something better. You can get something. And and being dissatisfied with, that's what the world wants us to do. As uh, I've seen sometimes in Facebook, it talks about whenever God raises your income, we need to adjust also our outgo, our giving, our cause of Christ. Because uh, there's a lot of opportunities to invest in the salvation of souls and establishment of churches. Yes, we have a responsibility. And then uh, also in verse 15 and 15, 16, here in our Philippians 4, For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again to my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Uh, This Philippian church was a missionary church. They gave to support the ministry of Paul when nobody else was doing it. And I tell you, some of the promises in this chapter is not for every Christian. It's for Christians to have a heart for the cause of Christ around the world. We have a God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or ask. And many times in our very concept of God, And concept of our income, we limit what God is able to do in and through us. Uh, We've got to realize we have a God that knows your address. We have have a God that's nothing's impossible with him. And he is faithful and he looks for people that are willing to stand up for the lost and for the uh, people going to hell around about us and be a testimony. And he talked about here, it says... uh, In verse 17, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Now, Jesus Christ said in Matthew 6 and verse 19 through 21, he said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where your thieves, where thieves do not break through and nor steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You see, God wants us to lay up treasures in heaven, and that involves, among many other things, what you minister in this church, praying for your pastor, praying for your neighbors, being a kind to your neighbors, being a testimony in this world. Uh, coming in, investing in souls. When you give for the cause of Christ in this church and ministries around the world, those souls saved, I believe, go to our heavenly bank account. And I think you that have been giving through the years, uh, man, it's going to be great to get to heaven to see what kind of a bank account we have when we get there. Amen. And I tell you what, the world may not pay attention to that, but I guarantee you God does. God cares about it, and it's involved to get in this. In verse 18, he gives a testimony. Paul, in a a filthy oriental uh, jail, 
He says, but I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Now, here's somebody that's probably in a worse condition than any of us have ever been in, in a, in a jail. And why is he there? For preaching the gospel. For preaching the gospel. And uh, he's doing that. And he really put, points out how rich he was and how rich we are when we invest in the cause of souls around about us. And the last part of this, verse 18, and as the things that were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, as a sacrifice, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. When we give to the cause of Christ, whether it's here in America or around the world, this is something very precious in God's sight. Of Talking about like the incense offering in the Old Testament in the, in the tabernacle in the temple. Something well-pleasing to God. And I tell you, if we're well-pleasing to God, God's going to take care of us. And so he comes in verse 19. And nine, verse 19 is a verse that is uh, really misapplied by many people. But my God shall, apply all, so shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now he wrote this to the church that supported him when nobody else did. And he gives the promise. They were investing. They were sacrificing for the ministry of Paul. And he says, my God shall supply your need. Now there were some people. There are some Christians that are living for themselves just enjoying a good old time and the things of the world. And it's not talking about people like that. He's talking about people that were sacrificing for the cause of Christ around the world. And so when we get involved in world evangelism, then we, I guarantee you God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Now the question is again, do you believe in missions? You say, what, what, do, you, what do you think about that? Well, let's think about the, some of the members that were there in the church at Corinth. I mean, at uh, Philippi. We, we get, look at verse 1 here, Philippians 4. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and my crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. See, we could go down there, and I'm sure Lydia was probably there. He, she was a seller of purple that opened up her heart, opened up her house for the cause of God. They held services there. She was saved there. You know, and if there hadn't been a missionary come there and tell her about Christ, how she would not have been saved. He says, do you believe in missions? Now, if you're saved today, you're saved because a missionary came. Because somebody, because missions is not just around the world. That's next door. Yeah. That's how here's people in, in Houston, Texas that are waiting for someone to come and to pray for them, to weep over their souls and tell them about Jesus Christ. That you have a church here is a result of missions. Yeah. Somebody had a vision, had a desire to see a church started. So there's a, a, a great need there. Lydia She's now in heaven worshiping and rejoicing because Paul brought her to Christ. How about that certain damsel? 
And there was a, a teenage girl that was being used by, uh, by sorcerers as a demon possessed. Uh, and uh, she, was demon, she was calling out. And Paul turned to her. And he would not, he, was un, he didn't accept that, that she was not saved. He knew in his spirit and, and she got saved. She got freed from that. And she got in trouble maybe with the ones who were using her, misusing her. But I tell you what, she saved. She got saved. She got healed. And I tell you what, she believed in missions because someone came and told them about, how about the jailer when he was in prison? I mean, here he was, they'd been stripped, they'd been, been whipped. And were thrown in the uh, inner court. And what were they? And Paul and them were, they were praising God. They were singing praises to God. And God sent an earthquake. And the jailer come in. That's a verse that's used many times in verses. What must I do to be saved? And he got saved with this whole household. Saved and baptized that night. And he, you know what? I'm sure he believes in, in missions. Because I tell you what. Without missions, he would be on his way to hell. He's in hell. He'd be in hell tonight. But a missionary came and he got saved. And you know, we need to be thankful today that we got to be saved, that we have the permission to be saved, and that we have the ability, yea, the command of God to go out and to take the gospel to those round about us. Let's never stop being uh, soul conscious. As long as we have breath in our body. As long as we're alive, we need to be praying and being used of God to be a testimony for God. People are waiting today for the gospel. Do you practice missions? See, no soul was ever saved without missions. Jesus Christ is the greatest missionary, came the furthest and paid the highest price to be used of God through his precious blood. The heart of Christ is missions. The heart of a church's missions and the heart of every Christian should be missions if we really understand our own salvation. You know, to be saved and satisfied that those without Christ go to hell is to be a hypocrite and ingrate. We need to be concerned and compassionate. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And praise God, he sent us with a commission to go and to take the gospel to others. Uh, so it's our privilege today to be involved in this today. Uh, now, we can look to, who can look at Jesus Christ on the cross and hear him say, As my Father has sent me, even so send I you, and not be a missionary. It is our duty and our privilege to be used of God on this earth. In uh, uh, Luke 6 and verse 38, Jesus Christ said, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall, I, shall men give unto you into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet withal, it shall be measured to you again. In other words, as you give to God, God's gonna, not going to be a, a debtor to you. That lady, that widow lady that gave her last farthings for Christ. Uh, she didn't have any more food. I guarantee she didn't die of starvation that night. You see, God takes care of those that take care of his ministry. And it's our privilege to be involved in this. And so we need to be involved in this. Uh, in Galatians 6, 7, 
and six uh, through verse nine are important verses. But I think particularly verse nine is important for our ministry. It says, "Be not deceived; God is not mocked. For uh, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall the flesh reap corruptions." But he that soweth to the Spirit shall the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You know, there's, there's times that we might get weary. You know, how long do I have to, how long do I have to keep praying? How long do I have to keep giving? You know, and it's the wrong way. How, how long do we, are we allowed to pray? How long are we allowed to give? And I'll tell you, it's something, it's just like coming into church. It should not be a problem. I didn't get that feeling from anybody. Well, I've got to be in church today. Man, praise God, we get to be in church and worship God. We need to be strengthened and helped in our spirit by the word of God and by the preaching and the singing. It's a privilege and it's something that we enjoy doing. We're supposed to come with, as a hilarious givers to God. I tell you, when, if we don't enjoy giving to God our praise and giving to God our thanks, there's something wrong with our hearts. We need to let our hearts get right with God because we love God. You know, in the Old Testament, you read the Pentateuch. I just uh, am about to finish up reading the Pentateuch this year. Uh, I read it every year. Read my German Bible, by the way. Because I'm keeping my German. Something we're, going, we're supposed to go back in October. But in, in that, the command of them is for all those people. When they come into the temple, uh, uh, the tabernacle back then, it said they were supposed to come and be joyful before God. And I'll tell you what, if they came with the right attitude to God, He is our joy. He is your joy, and if you come and do that by faith and love to God, you will be joyful. And I tell you, God wants us to be joyful children, happy to serve God. And uh, verse 9 so important, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I know that Sandy prayed for years for her mom and dad. Uh, they, they didn't want her to go to church. They didn't go to church maybe twice a, twice a year they'd come. And she got, she got saved. Her grandma was taking her to church. Grandma's, that's important. God used that. And Sandy got interested and she got compassionate. She wanted to be in church. And she went to church and her parents really worked against her. Her relatives, they made fun of her. Like at Thanksgiving, ridiculed her. And all these things, and many times I know Sandy had to cry because she was hurt that she loved her parents so much, and they just ridiculed her. But I tell you what, her mother got saved the day she, the year she graduated from university, and we were in Germany. Uh, I don't know, six years or so in Germany, and her uh, her dad called us up. And said, I had to tell you, says, there's a Baptist preacher here now. And you, I got saved today. Amen. They got saved. They both got baptized. They're both in heaven. They're in glory now. 
And that had been like 20, 20, 24 years that she'd prayed for her dad and had been faithful serving God. Be not weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. And I tell you what, Satan likes to get us to faint. Satan likes to get us to quit and give up. And I tell you what, be not weary in well-doing and giving and praying for the cause of Christ around the world. We can go around the world on our knees in our prayer life and in our giving, in our heart. God, help us to be faithful and be not weary because in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I thank you for your faithfulness, for your faithful support through the years. And I'll tell you what, when we came home from Germany, since we came home, we had two-thirds of our churches that supported us and stopped supporting us because we're not missionaries on Germany anymore. But I'll tell you one thing we did. We raised our commitment to faith promise. And I'll tell you what, we have a faithful God, Amen. and you cannot give. If you give something God doesn't want, that's one thing. But I tell you what, if God moves you and you give, God will take care of you. I tell you, we had in Germany people that would drive up uh, almost an hour's one way to come to church, and they're paying over twice what you pay here for gas. But I tell you what, God will be nobody's uh, debtor. You serve God, you give for God, you give your heart, you give your prayers and your life, and God will honor it. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season ye shall reap, if ye faint not. And I, I just want to encourage you and thank you for your faithfulness. And may you never lose heart, but to be found faithful. I believe it's not much more myself personally. I don't think it's going to be much longer. And God's going to call us home. And when he calls me home, I want to be found faithful. I want to be found honoring the Lord. And praise God And whoever you are and whatever you do it for the Lord. Whether you eat or drink, do all for the glory of God. And God will honor it and God will bless you. But there may be someone here today that's not ever trusted Christ as their Savior. I tell you, you're missing out on what life is all about. Because He is our life. He is our joy and our great salvation. Let's stand now and look to the Lord in prayer. Our Lord and God, I thank you today for this church. For these members, Lord, and I know they've gone through some big trials and had some heartaches, but Lord, we've not, none of us had as big a trial and biggest problem as what you did when you went to the cross of Calvary and laid down your life and shed your precious blood, even as they were talking about the day. God, we thank you that you paid the price and help us to be willing to pay a price to serve you and to be used of you in this week in the wicked world, that souls would be saved and you be glorified. And I thank you for this, Pastor, in Christ's name. Amen.